Hello everyone, welcome to C-Study Talk, uh, the podcast where we talk about how to navigate life as young women. Uh, so this is Audra, back again, <laughs> and I'm with my sister Amy, back again. Hi back Amy, again. how are you doing? Hi, I'm fine, thanks, you? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, you know, going along with lockdown and restrictions, trying to keep myself busy, but I'm mm. all fine, yeah. So in today's episodes, we want to talk about body image. Um, interesting topic, especially nowadays that we're all at home and eating a lot <laughs> and mm -hmm. our bodies might be changing and how we actually see our bodies, um, how we see our bodies when spring comes and we start having all those uh, ads around you know, being beach body perfect, beach body ready, etc. And all those topics around, you know, our body image. And we insist on the fact that we want to talk about body image and not necessarily body positivity or negativity or, you know, whatever that could be, but just our body image, you know, the way it is. Um, so I think probably the first thing to talk about when we talk about our body image, it just all starts with comparing ourselves to others. We don't have any body image issues if we're not comparing ourselves to others. You know, that's really the basic of body image. And I think in, in many cases, we associate our body image with our self-worth. Is if I have a good body, I'm a good person. I am worthy. My self-worth and my confidence is up. Um, if I think that my body is not good, uh, if we have a negative body image, then in general, our confidence now for us will go down, which is a very uh, difficult cycle to break. Um, and I think a lot of it actually comes from, you know, where you live, uh, your background, socioeconomic background, ethnic background, family background, and how you might see yourself. I think for me, a very good example is my own story, you know, around my, my body image. I, so I was born in France, in Paris, where the standard body type is thin, very thin. The standard of beauty in France is for women to be thin. So not too much boobs, not too much behind, uh, and being thin. Um, and it probably comes, you know, from the fact that it's a fashion city, you know, fashion capital and... That's just the way people are. And my ethnic background, though, is Caribbean. So my body is not like that <laughs> at all. <laughs> I am not super thin. I, mean, I wouldn't say I'm fat, uh, but I'm not that super thin, skinny girl. I, I'm just not. And I have hips and, and, and behind, and I have boobs. And, and I always felt growing up in Paris, especially in Paris, which is even more than the rest of France, I always felt that I was too big. Uh, always, my entire childhood, I felt I was too big because all the other girls were just so thin, you know, in comparison. And I think that body image that I had of myself just got worse, you know, with the years uh, because, you know, you enter uh, teenage years. And then I remember my first two years of studies, um, I went from studying in the suburbs of Paris to studying in center Paris where girls are even thinner, you know? <laughs> uh, and, and I just didn't look like the other girls at all. Again, I wasn't fat, but I just wasn't skinny. 
I think for me, what really made a difference and when I started accepting myself a little bit more is when I started living abroad. So I moved to Latin America when I was 21 years old, uh, Mexico, and then Brazil. And I spent a few years there. And I think it completely changed the way I was seeing myself and the view that I had uh, of my body. And I think the main reason is because the body standards there were just different. Um, skinny wasn't necessarily seen as something beautiful. It wasn't necessarily seen as something bad either, you know, but it's just that my body there was normal. I wasn't considered, you know, a bit bigger than the average girl. I was considered slim there. Uh, and it really, really helped me. And I saw different body types and I saw different type of women. And I just started to think, well, actually, I'm, I'm fine. You know, like my body is fine. And, and it really comes to where you live, you know, and who's around you and the environment that you have around you. Someone who's considered thin somewhere might be considered fat somewhere else. And I think it really makes a difference. Now I'm 32 years old and I'm definitely heavier than when I was 20 years old. But I have a much better body image because I've lived abroad. I live in the UK now, which is a place where, honestly, it's very accepting of all body types, I think, or at least much more than other places. Um, also, you know, I've just grown. So, you know, I just learned to accept myself. But I think, you know, that idea of body image is also because you compare yourself to people who are in your direct proximity. Um, and depending on where you are, what the direct proximity is, you might feel more or less good in your own body. Amy, what do you think? Yeah, it's interesting to see your, like how you were feeling as a kid and then a teenager growing up because, uh, yeah, I was the fat kid and teenager, sometimes, you know, borderline obese at some point uh, in my later teenage years. Um, and yeah, I always saw you as, you know, the pretty slim uh, sister, you know, <laughs> so that's interesting to see that, yeah, you, you were slim to me, but you thought you were far from being slim. So yeah, that's really interesting. Um, but yeah, in my case, yeah, I was always, uh, I would say that from my childhood till today, I've always been overweight to borderline obese, I would say. Uh, so yeah, I've never been slim. I always yeah saw myself uh, as being big, let's say. Um, and yeah, always dieting, always uh, yeah feeling like you know I don't really fit. But I, my goal I would say now is just to yeah stop with all the diets. I'm of course uh, watching what I eat but I'm not as uh, obsessed with counting calories and weighing myself every week and stuff like this. I'm like, you know, I accepted the fact that I will never be slim. That's just <laughs> how it is. I'm not going to fight nature. I'm not going to make myself uh, go crazy and depressed and anxious about my food intake and my workouts and all of this. So yeah, I just accepted it. And yeah, my goal now is to, you know, just Yeah, it's fine if I'm a bit overweight. That's <laughs> I'm good with that. Uh, as long as I stay healthy and active, you know, uh, because it's also about health. It's not only about the looks. So, yeah, I I had a bit of an evolution uh, mentally, I would say, but then physically not so, so much. I mean, not that much. 
but since I live in Berlin, I would say that I also feel less pressure than when I was living in Paris, though. Uh, so same as Audra. Um, because, yeah, the fact is that in Paris, if you're not stick thin, uh, you like you see women who are like a size M being on diets constantly because the goal is to be an XS or an S and it's just effed up. Uh, <laughs> it's really <laughs> effed up. Um, and yet, yeah, since I live in Berlin, I'm really more relaxed about my weight and body image. And you see like, uh, overweight girls like young girls teenage girls so you know it's the age where girls are usually extremely conscious about uh, their bodies yeah you see some overweight girls in shorts in crop tops and you know it's good to see that yeah it's not everywhere like in Paris where if you're a medium-sized you yeah you have to feel fat and hide and whatever so yeah I really like to see uh, that it's different out there <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Actually, I experienced exactly the same thing when I uh, moved to London, where you see girls who are not skinny, skinny at all, mm. uh, and they yeah, they wear a mini skirt, they wear a mini top, and they're just fine, and nobody cares. And it's just so refreshing because I felt, you know, growing up in France, and I was slim again. You know, I just didn't feel slim, but I was, mm. and. I just felt, oh, I can't wear that. I can't wear it. This is too short. Oh, my, my thighs are going to show and my thighs are too big and this and that. And now looking back at it, I was like, oh gosh, I was so stupid. <laughs> but mm. I had nothing else to compare myself against. So that was my standard. And mm. when you have a scene a little bit outside of your own world, you, you can't really take that step back. Um, and I'm not saying the solution is, yeah, you should all go live abroad. You know, <laughs> that's not the solution. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. But I think it's sometimes good to um, have a little bit of perspective on the environment in which you're, you're in, uh, because it just doesn't always... <laughs> the environment in which you're in is not necessarily always the best for your body image, definitely. Mm. It definitely is. And I think it's also easier because, you know, when we were kids and teenagers, especially yeah, teenagers, it was really the beginning of internet. Uh, we didn't have social media and stuff like this. And we'll, we'll talk more about social media later, but kids today can see what's all over the world, you know, online uh, and see that, yeah, uh, this, the only standard is not just to be thin, basically. So that helps, I think, the newer generations. Yeah, but do you think it really helps? I don't know. I'm always, you know, a bit on defense on social media. Yeah, it's, yeah, there's the good and the bad side. Of course, you will still have, you know, very thin uh, and very unattainable or hardly attainable beauty standards online uh, that people will try to reach. But, you know, the standards are changing and there's a whole bit more diversity now, I think, uh, than we had you know, in the, the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, where, you know, the only standard was the thin, blonde, you know, supermodel. It was a supermodel time, you know. It was very skinny, often white, uh, blonde and tall and all of that. Yeah, definitely. For sure, we have more options, choices. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but we see different types, for sure. I'm just always a little bit, you know... Um, questioning the value of social media and on when it comes to body image because mm. indeed we see different types of bodies now and you know we have example of you know, girls like Nicki Minaj and Megan Thee Stallion etc you know who 
who look thicker than the average girl who was in the in the in the music industry in the nineties, definitely. And I think it's nice and I think it's good. But at the same time, I also feel that on social media you see a lot of you know overly done girls, and they try to make you believe, oh yeah, sure, I just did that by walking out and. And then you know it's plastic surgery, actually. And even if it was just working out, still those girls spend six hours every day in the gym. You can't do that if you have a normal job, you know. So I'm, I'm, you know, the social media thing. Yeah, it's good to see different types, but I also think it brings a lot of anxiety to lots of people because you're like, oh my god, because even if you're thick, you have to be a certain type of thick, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, a problem. It's that we we went like from extremely thin to extremely curvy. But the problem is, yeah, like you said, you have you can be curvy, but you better not have rolls. You know, you better have better not have a exactly. little belly. It's it has to be the boobs, uh, the hips, uh, and the butt. And it's definitely yeah, it's like I mean, it's surgery most of the time. I don't think you have many like natural curvy girls on social media getting you know billions of likes and stuff uh so yeah it's definitely you know surgery surgeon made <laughs> basically um but I think it's still it, it's still nice to see that you know such bodies are in regular media today Like in the 90s, you know, you would see that type of body types, but only in hip hop music videos and rap music videos uh, and in like, you know, black magazines and stuff like this. And today you see, you know, these girls perform on TV, you see them on social media, they can be on the cover of some magazines that are not um, aimed at just the black community. So I think there's an evolution. It's not perfect, but at least there is an evolution there, you know? Yeah. So I agree with you that we were seeing those bodies, but only in certain uh, type of media. I agree. But I also think that those medias has changed because I remember growing up when I was look, watching music videos, you know, like hip hop, R&B music videos. Yeah, definitely the girls were uh, curvier than, for instance, if you were watching uh, Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera video, for sure. Mm. Um, but they were still a natural curvy, you know. And I think the yeah. main difference is that today, if you look at, you know, those same videos you know, of hip hop, R&B, et cetera, you would still see curvy girls, but to such an extreme, you know, it's almost yeah. unnatural. Uh, I sometimes, you know, I look, I watch, I think maybe a few months ago, I was, uh, I think actually I remember, I was watching Wendy Williams mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, she had the segment about Kim Kardashian mm-hmm. 40th birthday. And she showed the photo, the photo that Kim Kardashian posted on her Instagram yeah, for her 40th yeah. birthday. And the picture looked crazy. It looked yeah, yeah. crazy. It looked absolutely insane. And people were watching, looking at the picture and they were like, oh my God, this is 40. This is amazing. Of course, there's some plastic surgery, but she's still working out and all. Yeah, for sure. She's working out. I won't deny that. But two things. First of all, she probably has a cook and, you know, a private trainer and, you know, spending hours in the gym, someone cooking for her. Of course, it's plastic, plastic surgery. On top of that, you had Photoshop. But even when you take out all of that, the photo in itself, when you look at it, when you look at the picture, her body does not look human. Nobody looks, it's not mm-hmm. normal. No, like the ratios, the waistline and the hips and the curve 
it just doesn't look human. And that's how I feel, you know, when I look at those pictures and I'm like, and she's upheld and she's a beautiful girl. I won't say she's mm-hmm. not beautiful. She is beautiful. But it went to such a point that it doesn't even look human. And this is upheld as the best of the best. And I'm worried about that. Yeah, I'm definitely worried about this too. Uh, it's like, you know, we just cannot deal with non-extremes <laughs> in our society. It's because uh, Kim Kardashian, uh, before getting all those surgeries, she was, like you said, she was a very cute girl and she also was a bit curvy, you know? She had curves, she had, you know, some hips and everything. Uh, but yeah, now it's gotten to the point where it's just overly exaggerated. And like you said, she doesn't look human anymore. It's it's almost like a costume. It's almost like, you know, yeah, it's, I completely agree with you. This is going too far and th- this should not be the goal, you know, that you want more curves. Okay. You know, get your Brazilian butt lift or whatever procedure, get that butt, whatever. But at some point, yeah, you have to stop. Uh, and actually I was on TikTok yesterday uh, and there was a girl uh, who posted that she got a BBL Brazilian butt lift, so like a butt enhancement surgery. And basically she went from a very flat butt to just a normal looking round butt. And so many people in the comments were, oh, you should have just done squat. Oh, you should ask for a refund from your surgeon. It's like people do not understand that sometimes you want to have plastic surgery and just look normal not look overdone you know it's like we are in this era where if you have plastic surgery it has to just be visible and be there and be obvious that you did have plastic surgery although you will still deny it also exactly exactly (laughs) has to be obvious but yet you're going to deny it (laughs) exactly uh and yeah it was interesting to see like yeah like people were like yeah you didn't do enough basically and I'm like what I mean she has a nice round normal size but like that goes with the rest of her body what's what's the problem here (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) and you're right on the fact that now it's all about the extremes you know it's Mm. uh you have the boobs and you have the butt and you have the tiny waist and you know I'm always a bit surprise you know when people say no but that's a natural body or you know sometimes when they say things about you know certain women oh but it's because she had a a kid her body changed (laughs) and yeah I mean yeah of course and your body changes with age my body is not the same now that it used to be when I was 20 for sure I have more hips I have more butt now yes but it's there's a difference between your body changing and your body not looking normal i would say and i think for me (laughs) the biggest thing is when girls you know celebrities or whoever get a bbl so basically you end up having a big butt it's Mm -hmm. fat yet you have all that fat in your behind and you have zero fat on your stomach how does that work and they're trying to tell us no it's it's fine i mean i'm sorry but i have what i would consider a big round you know behind I have fat on my stomach. I mean, there's no mm. way that your fat would distribute on the entire body. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the the other thing that gives it away uh, is also the legs. Like when they're like super skinny legs and then they have the gigantic butt yes. and hips. It's like, mm, <laughs> you didn't do squats. <laughs> if you were doing, if you were lifting weights and everything, your thighs would get a bit bigger also. <laughs> That's also yeah. a giveaway. The aunt body type. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Amy, maybe let's take a break and continue uh, after. Yeah, let's go ahead. But what's also really funny, you know, about all those IG models and, you know, the Brazilian butt lift and the big boob and, you know, the whole, that whole body image that we're being sold as desirable in the media isn't really that desirable in real life if you're living as a normal person you know if you're not a celebrity Mm. if you're not in the entertainment industry that's not really what people would look for and I think for me the main thing is because yes we now see different body types we see more curvy women thick women you know different body types etc but the the wealthy people, the rich people, you know, the privileged people, their image of beauty hasn't changed. You still have to be thin. Mm-hmm. And that's actually something that's very interesting, I think, because I think in the you know, middle class, um, body image has changed over the years on what's desirable, what's not. But the wealthy still adhere to that very thin uh, body type and there's nothing wrong you know with being thin it's, it's perfectly fine you know um, but it's almost become um, a social mark actually mm-hmm. um, if you want to access that high society or whatever you better be thin you know especially as a woman because you know that's especially. very different for men and women of course um, and it hasn't yet you no know, those new body types haven't yet uh, penetrated that sphere of society where body is still in the same way that it used to 20, 30 years ago. I think that this is a, a bit, you know, very European view of things. Um, because, you know, I mean, I don't really watch the shows, but I know about them. And when you watch The Real Housewives of whatever city, you still, so technically these people are wealthy, you know? Yeah. But they don't, they still have these bodies, you know, these overdone, you know, boobs and hips. Yeah, that's a good observation, actually. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, in Europe, if you're wealthy, yeah, you would adhere to the skinny body type. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think in the US, it's, it's probably different. I think something we could uh, also talk about uh, is not just body types, but, you know, overall beauty. Uh, and most importantly, how aging is uh, viewed uh, in our age of, you know, social media and image. I actually learned like a few weeks ago uh, that Caroline Hirons, who is a UK um, aesthetician who has a blog, YouTube channel, all sorts of social media, even wrote a book uh, about skincare. She basically said that she would stop making YouTube videos because in many of her videos, there are just people commenting about her age, uh, her weight and things like this. and I think it's, you know, really crazy to not leave space for aging, which is a natural process, like everyone goes through it. Yet, if you are online and showing yourself, you better not have saggy skin, you better not have wrinkles, you better not have a white hair, especially as a woman. Yes, it's a very old tale, you know, <laughs> of women not being allowed to age. Mm-hmm. And you would think that in 2021, after all those movements of body positivity and let's be ourselves and let's accept ourselves, 
yet we still have women being criticized uh, for aging. And I don't understand how you can be criticized for aging when you're not even choosing to age. What's even more disturbing, I would say, in a way, uh, on that aging discussion is that you will see those women who are like 50 years old, 60 years old, looking stunning, you know, absolutely mm -hmm. stunning. And people will be like, oh, my God, she's 50 years old. Actually, a very good example is uh, Jennifer Lopez, you know, who looks stunning mm -hmm. for it. Absolutely beautiful. Body, face, everything. Mm -hmm. And and you have a lot of other actresses and singers who look absolutely amazing for their age. But let's be honest, this is not, there, there is an announcement there. There's, of course, a part of genetics, for sure. But there's also announcements being done, you know, whether it's fillers, Botox, whatever. And if you dare not to do it, people are going to say, oh, she looks rough for 50. But that's what 50 looks like. <laughs> that's the normal 50. The main value of women has been seen for centuries as only beauty. And that's it. Can you uh, give that man good, healthy, beautiful offsprings? You know, that, mm -hmm. th that's it. And so... This is why even though we're, we have advanced, you know, in terms of our place in society, there's still a lot to do, but it's better than it used to be. That thing of being seen as um, a beauty object is still here and it's not going to disappear easily. And I think, you know, the whole discussion on body image and body positivity and aging, etc. As you said, it's always a discussion of extremes. And on one hand, you have people, you know, saying, oh, I'm going to defy aging and I'm going to be a 50-year-old woman looking like I'm 30. Or I'm going to go absolutely against that and I'm just not going to do anything and, I'm, and I don't care if I have a wrinkle and I don't care if I age, which, let's be honest, yeah, we do care. I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> I care, we you do know. Care. <laughs> I, I, I'm putting cream every day, every morning, every evening on my skin because I want to look good. You know, I want to look good. And we have to be honest with that. No, it's fine to take care of ourselves. It doesn't mean that you are necessarily um, enslaved by patriarchy. Mm -hmm. You just have to be conscious of why you're doing it. Are you doing it for yourself? Or are you doing it because you need to find a man? You know, yeah. <laughs> that's a very <laughs> different thing. That's a very different thing. Yeah, but the, the problem again is that, you know, today we kind of, I mean, I personally don't, but many people spend a lot of time on social media and would post, you know, pictures of themselves. And very often, you know, they do things for the people who look at them. Uh, like all this pressure, you know, to get fillers and Botox and all of this, like, I'm pretty sure. So it comes, of course, from the type of stuff that's out there that kind of becomes the norm in your mind. But if you post on social media, you want people to like your pictures. Thus, you have to follow the rules and get those lip fillers, get that Botox, get those under eye fillers to hide your wrinkles or whatnot. So it's, I think, yeah, for someone who doesn't live at all on social media, yes, I think 100%, maybe not 100%, but most of their motivation is to, to take care of themselves and be happy and, you know, be happy with how they look. But as soon as you spend a bit of time online, you are immediately influenced, uh, even unconsciously, by yeah things like this. Like I personally, uh, I started being a, let's say active in the way that I watch, I consume a lot of social media maybe four or five years ago. 
but I don't post. And even though I don't post that much uh, about you know, my face or body, I started to get in conscience about some lines under my eyes, you know, and I was like, hmm, I'm 20, you know, 28, nine, maybe I could get some fillers and maybe I could get some Botox also because I start to see, you know, a bit of wrinkles like above my eyebrow. And recently, only very recently, like maybe a couple of weeks ago, I was like, fuck this. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm aging, I'm reaching 30. Yeah, I have smile lines. Like when I smile, I have, I have lines under my eyes. Like that's normal. You know, I had a happy life. I have lines on my face to show it. Like. <laughs> I really, yeah, I really changed about this very yeah. recently. <laughs> no, it's true that those, the more time you spend on social media, the more uh, you are conscious of your appearance. And, you know, this is why, for instance, I am not on Instagram. I made the choice when Instagram first started, I don't know, over 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. I don't remember very well. But um, I, I didn't want to because I was like, this is not going to bring me any positivity because I was already very critical of my own body. And mm. I, I already knew it would be very bad for me. So I've never opened an Instagram account. Till this day, I'm still resisting, even though all my friends are trying to make me <laughs> uh, telling me how much I'm, I'm missing out. And yeah, maybe I'm missing out, but I'm still not on Instagram. I mm -hmm. stopped using my Facebook account also. I mean, Facebook is a bit less like that, but still. Yeah. yeah. And I realized that I feel so much better. Uh, I don't compare myself to all those girls with those amazing bodies. Um, and, I, and I feel fine. I think it's true though, on the aging thing, you don't need to be on social media to, to feel it because it's just so ingrained in us. And mm -hmm. I think the only social media that I really consume in a way is YouTube. I really, would you call YouTube a social media? I guess, yeah, we can. I guess, yeah. Yeah. And uh, because I watch a lot of makeup videos, I love makeup. Uh, so I, just, <laughs> I watch a lot of tutorials and everything. And until I started watching makeup tutorials and videos, I was never really conscious of lines on my face. And it's really when I started watching all those videos and you see all those influencers with literally zero lines around their eyes, especially in the under eye area, like no bags, no dip, no dark circle, not a single line. And they put concealer and it's perfectly smooth and they put powder and they bake and there's zero line and then I was like okay but is my under eye okay why do I have <laughs> lines you know like I almost thought it wasn't normal and and I googled it a little bit and then I realized yeah they all have under eye fillers this is why there's it's all flat you know and and that's the time where I was like oh maybe I should try and, and check maybe for uh, fillers or maybe a bit of botox maybe that could be nice and well, I'm not doing it. I might do it one day. I'm absolutely not putting that off the table. I'm saying it uh, here. If one here. day I want to get fillers and buttocks and I can't afford it and I can do it in a nice clinic with a good doctor that will make me look natural because I don't want to go for something too cheap that will look bad, I will 100% do it. I don't feel that I need to right now. I still see my lines and I'm like, oh yeah, it would be nice if they weren't there, but I'm not too bothered yet to go there. Maybe I'll never be too bothered. And maybe in three years time, I'll be bothered. And I will definitely go and get my fillers, you know, <laughs> no shame on mm -hmm. that. 
But yeah, they, on top of, you know, the procedures, they get the fillers and the Botox, the filters also that they use, like even in the skincare community, which is, you know, false advertising, but whatever. <laughs> but yeah, the amount of filters they use, like sometimes, you know, they move the head a bit and you see one pore and then it just disappears on the, the image, you know, it's like, uh, okay, guys. And yeah, like you said, you start asking yourself, is there something wrong with my skin, with, you know, my face? And this is how you start uh, wanting to do any type of uh, procedure. I would recommend uh, TikTok. Uh, I actually spend a lot of time on TikTok now, um, which is more like a Gen Z social media. So, you know, uh, I'm a bit, technically I'm a bit old for it, but I don't care. <laughs> actually, with the quarantine and the lockdowns, there are more and more millennials there. So it's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, on TikTok, you really see a lot of, things that go against all these beauty standards and you know images we've been fed since childhood and our teenage years you see more and more content with you know real skin that has pores and wrinkles and lines and stuff like this um whether it's skincare or makeup tutorials you also see a lot of different body types uh you see a lot of transgenders you see there's like a niche also in tiktok which is like uh, native american tiktoks and i've All of my years on Instagram, I've never, ever seen any Native American content. I knew nothing. I mean, I knew very general things about the culture. But yeah, thanks to TikTok, I discovered about, you know, some hair stuff and some cultural stuff about the Native Americans. And I really like that TikTok just includes all of these things. They include all these, all of these realities. You know, it's not just the perfectly airbrushed Barbie doll type of thing. It's actually, yeah, more everyday let's say beauty uh and it's also very educative so that's um that's really yeah i really like tiktok you should check it out <laughs> yeah actually you know it's funny because uh tiktok i'm actually tempted to get it and i think i probably try to uh, i probably open an account uh soon because as you mentioned i think the content looks to be a bit more positive and it also because it's the beginning maybe at some point it will change i can't remember the very beginning of instagram the type of content we had if it was always like that or if it just evolved i really can't remember but maybe tiktok will evolve like that also Mm, but i think yeah i I do like tiktok and it just seems to be fun you know social media just really fun lots of fun videos uh, and there are a few people that I really like who I know are, are very active on TikTok, like a few drag queens that I follow that I know, are, mm-hmm. I mean, Bob the Drag Queen, for instance, I know has a very good TikTok and yeah. I really like her or something. Or maybe I should just go to TikTok to see her TikToks, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think TikTok probably could be a good one to go to for a little bit more diversity and different points of views on on beauty, on faces, on bodies, on on everything. It could be nice. And you know, something you said that was really interesting around makeup uh, and the fact that, you know, you see on TikTok people with pores and, you know, normal skin and lines, et cetera. You can also, I hope, you know, that it's possible to see people who have facial hair because, (laughs) you know, it's something, it's very recently, I was watching again on YouTube. Sorry, I love makeup. So I watch lots of (laughs) lots of makeup stuff. And uh, I was checking out Alexandra Anele. She's a really beautiful makeup artist. She did a lot of Pat McGrath's um, eye uh, mm. looks on her Instagram. Mm. She's not working with Pat McGrath anymore, but anyway, she's extremely talented. She's beautiful. 
um, and I'm subscribed to her channel. And she posted recently a video around derma planning and basically how you know you shave your face, etc. And she was saying, yeah, I do it because um, my job is makeup and social media. So when I was posting those videos of myself and I have and I had peach fuzz and I would post videos in sunlight, I could see it and I just didn't like it. So I started doing it for that. And she's very honest. And this is why I love her channel because she says, yeah, I mean, don't do that if you don't work in makeup and you don't take photos of yourself five days, five times a day and you're on camera all the time. She said, yeah, I do it because I'm on camera all the time either filming or taking photos it's my job so this is why I do it and when I post and I just have no pitch first my photos look so much better but you don't mm -hmm. need to do it if you're not do working in the industry and she was very honest about that and I found that so refreshing that she that she said that because I barely have any facial hair yet I still you know after watching all those um all those makeup tutorial video considered oh maybe I should just take it all off you know mm. and I'm like I'm never on camera I mean never except maybe every now and then for family pictures but yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> I don't I don't show my face in the media like that so why was I already trying to think oh maybe I should just you know uh, wax my entire face for what mm. I barely have any facial hair anyway and I don't need to, but you know, just the only bit of social media that I do is makeup and just that bit already started making me ask, consider if I should get fillers and Botox and wax my entire face just with that little chunk of you, YouTube. Yeah, that's insane. How fast, you know, those standards dig a hole into our brain and just sit there and <laughs> make it the norm, the normal. To go back to TikTok, uh, something I also discovered on TikTok is this whole hashtag midsize uh, movement. It's basically something that's in between the you know regular skinny model and the plus size uh, movement. So it was really interesting to see yeah, those midsize body, which is you know the body of most women that you would see in the streets, being showcased and you know wearing nice outfits and showing what you can wear, you know. Um, and that was also, yeah, a breath of fresh air because I, I, I like fashion. I wouldn't say that I follow every trend, but I really like, you know, beautiful outfits and stuff like this. And very often, yeah, the bloggers are either your typical, very thin, tall model, like, you know, who can wear whatever and she look good anyways, or the plus size, uh, girls who still have body types that are very often hourglass. So, you know, it's easier to dress than an apple shape who has more of their weight in the belly. So it's really, um, I think it's important to see that there's like an in-between that, you know, women in the middle are not forgotten. But I would also like to see more diversity in this plus size movement um, and even the, the overall body positive movement. Yeah. I don't know the body positivity movement for me I I have mixed feelings about it because yeah body positivity is a good thing we should all feel good in our bodies but as you mentioned you know it, it basically it became a um, plus size love which is important, mm -hmm. you know, because I think when you're plus size, you've been told for so many years that you're not worthy, you're not beautiful. It's important to say to plus size girls and guys um, 
that yeah you are so beautiful and you can dress really nicely and you can be sexy and you can be desirable 100 but it's very true that it's really a certain type of body that they show us plus size it's the hourglass plus size uh it's the plus size that doesn't have any roles it's um ashley graham you know beautiful yeah. stunning girl you know but her face is perfect like her yeah. face is perfect she has a yep. face to be a model to mm. begin with she has yeah she's plus size but she has that beautiful curve and she's hourglass and the waist and the hips the proportions mm. are beautiful so yeah she's so beautiful she's amazing but all plus size girls will not be like that and even if sometimes you're plus size you're like oh i'm plus size but i still don't recognize myself in in a girl mm-hmm. like ashley graham because she's just so far off you know the regular plus size girl you would see in the streets you know mm-hmm. um that it's not necessarily very relate- relatable all the time and and I think for me, so I've always been in that middle, you know, so I've never been super skinny. I've never been super fat. I've always been like in that middle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's nice that on TikTok, you can actually see girls in the middle, you know, who are not fat, not skinny, just in that middle and not necessarily huge ass, huge boobs or anything like that. You're just mm-hmm. regular girl and you can see fashion for yourself. You can see fashion uh, and girls wearing clothes that you say, oh, okay, actually, uh, I see how I could make that work for me. So I think that's really nice because it was a little bit lacking. You know, it was either the skinny model or the plus size. So it's nice to include that that uh, middle point. And I agree with you, you know, on the fact that mid-size is really nice and plus size, it's good to see that on the platforms. But the one thing that I would say is... Of course, we need more diversity in body types in within plus size, but there's also a need to have more ethnic diversity there. Um, I, I won't comment too much on the mid-size movement on TikTok because I, I don't know it very well. But uh, when it comes for to plus size, we need to see also more women of color uh, being shown as plus size and beautiful and, and being positive about it because very often it's going to be plus size. It's a, it's a model like plus size, if you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, white and hourglass and uh, with the flowy hair and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. it would be nice. Also, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it would be nice to see black women, uh, Native American women, Asian, Asian women, women. Women who are 60 plus, you know, women, women who are 60, are 60 plus, plus, many of them are plus size, yet we yes. never see them in advertising. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Crazy. So just think other than the 25 year old uh, girl, it, it's, yeah, I think it's uh, body image and body positivity is not just about showing someone plus size. It's much more than that, mm-hmm. way more than that. And that was actually the point of the whole um, body positive movement. It was not just about the size. It was supposed to be about the race, uh, the abilities to see, you know, more people of color, more disabled people. uh, And it kind of got hijacked into this. Okay, now this is all for plus size. (laughs) And yeah, I think it's really we really have to go back to the roots of this because, yeah, this it's an effort, but it's still not a good representation of the population so there really needs to be some more improvement there whether it's in terms of races and ages and heights uh, abilities we need more of that inclusivity all right it was a really nice conversation i mean really enjoyed it um, and i hope our listeners also enjoyed it 
and you got some interesting stories out of that. Yeah, it was a really cool conversation. I really had a lot of fun talking about this. If you want to support our podcast, you can go ahead and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. They are all called Sisterly Talk. And don't forget to share, leave some comments and reviews on our content. See you next time. See you next time.